1: consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on patreon even one dollar can go a long way in supporting this
0: content that you enjoy look for a link over at the batmanuniverse.net to offer
1: your support now and now on with the show
0: hi this is jim lee and you're listening to the batman universe comic podcast hi, I'm- yeah, you're
2: and you're listening to the batman universe comic podcast
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, episode number 263. I'm your host, Dustin, and today I have with me Tony. And this is Ian. And we are bringing the latest comic news and comic book reviews from the weeks of December 2nd through the 15th. We have a very small amount of news to cover. Um, Most of it can be classified as news, but we do have two books to cover um, including Batman and detective as usual. And we have a bunch of, bunch of listener questions that we're going to cover, um, and forgo the monkey watch because of the questions and the discussions that some of them are going to present. So let's jump straight into what we are going to consider news now. So, um, over the past two weeks, there's been not really any real news that has released, um, solicitations are right around the corner. We'll get to that stuff in a second, but, um, I'm not even joking when I say like within 24 hours of the last time we recorded an episode, we had uh, a tweet that was released or that was posted by Tom King where he specifically laid out what he has planned for at least the next six to eight months of the, the titles. I think it's actually further than that too. But, but basically he said that uh, issue 60, which we're going to talk about in a minute, um, wraps up the post-wedding cold days arc. 61 through 69 is called nightmares an epic arc scraping at the soul of batman with a flash break for 64 and 65 70 through 74 is called the fallen and or the fall and the fallen and then 75 he says is a huge bat event with a secret name that sets up for the end at 105 And then he included a piece of art, which, I mean, it was just a random piece of art that was from the upcoming issue. But I want to talk about this quick for a second because 60 is out, um, and 61, as you're listening to this, is out as well. And I I want to talk about the idea of what we're getting because without going into the full details of what's in 60 because we'll save that for the review – something happens at the end of 60 that kind of is very much a cliffhanger 61 is going to come and uh based off of tweets that have released since then we know that 61 deals with the master bruce 62 is mitch gerard coming back and or coming and teaming with tom king again and it's a professor pig story we have um 63 i'm not real sure what 63 is i'm sure it there is some sort of details out there, but I can't remember what it is. I've thought in my head 64, 65 of the flash break um, with the flash crossover in February. March is dives right back into the um March dives right back into the nightmares arc that he's trying to accomplish. Um, this the solicitations for this basically say that it includes Vic Sage. The question um, he's popping up at some point. And Lee Weeks is going to be on number 67. Um, that's that's the information we know at this point. So that brings us through March of next year. Now, the question that I, I want to pose is, doesn't it feel like this Nightmares thing as well as the Flash thing seems like they're putting the story on hold for some purpose? Because, to be honest, I I, I know the listeners out there are... I don't know if you all read 61 yet, but we get review copies from DC for the books the Friday before they release. So we, so 61 is out there for us to have read. Um, I don't know if Tony read it yet, but I, I read through it and 61 does not in any way, shape or form reference or pick up to the cliffhanger. That's at the end of 60, which I find slightly annoying, but I feel like this is not the first time this has happened. I feel like what we're getting is another, short story that's going to just randomly happen. And while it could be some sort of vision or something that is being induced by the cliffhanger at the end of 60, I find it slightly strange that we're diving into 10 issues of whatever he's classifying as these nightmares with a K and not just preceding the story we were complaining about this not that long ago about the fact that the story just feels like it's longer than it needs to be. The overall story is longer than it needs to be because he has this goal of getting to hundred issues. So we have all this extra stuff that's happening in between and there's nothing wrong with having these smaller stories or having these things that are not significant to the overall plot of the story. The problem is when you leave a story, you leave the main 100 arc story on a cliffhanger in the middle of the story because you want to then move into this stuff that is by all counts and purposes, filler or fluff. And that's the issue. So do you guys have any issues with the fact that the cliffhanger of 60 is just basically going to sit there for the unforeseen future?
2: I, I don't know which camp I'm in. I don't, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Um, I, I feel like Tom, some calm Tom, I feel like Tom's, the way how he's writing the story, it's, it's very long form. It's very, um, I, I can see the, the grand picture that he's trying to do um, and how he's trying to put all these pieces together. And so, unfortunately, with the comic book, it's going to take, you know, take away issues that we kind of want. You know, we want our questions answered, but he's going to go off this little tangent. And then at the very end, it's all going to work together. And that's going to be great and cool um and so i kind of see that and as like a reader it's kind of annoying just to wait for 100 issues to get done i like the story though and so like to me it's kind of it's that and i don't quite know which camp i'm in because i do like the story i do know what he's trying to do but i am pretty impatient and i want it you know i just want why is why is there a flashpoint batman i mean i want to know that so I, i don't know which camp i'm in yet
1: so my response to tony um I think that you're absolutely right. Um, the whole thing about Tom King setting things up and then paying them off is has always been part of the way he writes uh, in Grayson and in his 12-issue miniseries. He's just doing that almost ten times longer <laughs> with Batman. And I think the problem is he's also sometimes getting a bit sidetracked. I feel like um, The Gift starring Booster Gold is one of the ones I think Dustin would point at and I would agree – as a distraction from the ongoing narrative of the title, from what Tom King has made us care about. So at that point it was, we cared about Batman and Catwoman's relationship and them maybe getting married. Now we care about this conflict between Batman and Bane. And now Flashpoint Batman has been added to the mix. Um, so he's set up this thing that he wants us to care about. And then he tells us something else that we don't care about as much. Um, I still have faith that all of this will combine into some kind of powerful conclusion because he's done it for most of his other projects. I just may or may not find each individual issue as compelling as I wish, um, and I definitely have that problem with sixty-one.
2: I, uh, you know, I I feel like this issue though is a little bit better than the Booster Gold one because you know we have already met this kid once before. And it's talking about Bruce's past, even if it's not necessarily his own childhood, but a very other world, basically his own past. So, like, we kind of care about that, but Booster Gold, I totally agree. Like, it just was weird. Like,
1: Well, I mean, that was set up for Heroes in Crisis, which wasn't even part of the main Batman title. So that's part of why I pointed it out, because it sort of ties into number 50, and he has Catwoman talk about it, but I just didn't. I don't appreciate that he used it as advertisement for an upcoming event.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's not even the only one. I mean, I could go back, and you could say that the the button, for example, which is part of the you know the issue count that he's doing, the button by itself doesn't really fall in line with what he's doing. There was the swamp thing one wow. shot. There was the uh, well, I mean, the first issue with the Master Bruce thing. That that none of that stuff really falls in line. I mean, sure. He's clearly going back to some of this stuff,
1: but the bat the the button is where we get Flashpoint Batman. Though I think that one actually you can really count as part of this whole arc. Now that Flashpoint Batman is shown to be really a big part of the ongoing conflict, true.
0: Now you can, but I don't right. think that, that's what I'm saying. You got to wait until he reveals the the yeah, way it until fits. he pops up. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, that really doesn't fall Fallen just I mean, honestly, still to this day, I try to understand why exactly that needed to happen when it did, because it didn't actually have any sort of effect on anything else at the time. And it was promoted
1: as like this big thing. And it really didn't do anything. That was clearly an editorial decision. I, yeah. I don't think that was Tom King's decision oh, yeah. at all. I mean, I think a lot of times
0: we're, I think a lot of what we're seeing when they're pushing certain things is editorial, making things seem like they are bigger than they really are. But yeah, I'm on the side of, I get that he wants to do a certain number of issues that the, the, uh, I don't know. Here's my concern, my concern. And I, I'm sure I've said this before and I'm going to sound like a broken record. My concern is, I like the idea of having one giant overarching story. What I don't like is feeling like it's all in chapters, but there's chapters in between the chapters of the main story. And that's where I have a problem. I don't like, like it's one thing if it's like two issues because of the button, I didn't really, you know, get upset about the button when it happened, mostly because we all thought it was going to be bigger than it was. But I didn't get upset about the button being in the middle of what was going on at the time because there was no real reason to get upset about it. This is 10 issues though. You know or well almost 10 issues. 61 through 69 is what he's saying is going to be this next one. That's that's actually eight issues. But or nine issues. It is nine issues. But nine issues is a lot of time. I mean that 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 comes down to four and a half months of this stuff and even though two of those issues are going to be this flash crossover, which again
1: Nothing to do with everything else that's going on. It's just one of those things. Well, where it's he says like, it's about Gotham Girl, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was part of the ongoing story contained there. He said that the Flash break or the Flash crossover had to do with Gotham Girl. Mm-hmm. It's in the solicit. Okay,
0: I'm, a, I'm a, i to I might have to check that out because I don't remember that. But I don't know. The biggest thing that I have an issue with is just the fact that it just feels like we're putting so much on hold, and it's not because it needs to be put on hold. It's just because it's this, uh, this weird necessity to achieve a hundred issues or 105 in this case. But like, I don't know. I, I, I'm slightly annoyed because it'd be one thing if it was like a bunch of arcs that led up to this bigger overarching story with Bane, but some of these smaller arcs have nothing to do with it or they go out. Like, let's be honest here. The Catwoman stuff was great. I loved it. It was good stuff. But looking back at it, think about how much time we spent with the Catwoman stuff only to build to nothing or in the case of <laughs> Tom King's argument, Aww. building to a humongous letdown to advance his story, but think about how much time we spent building that up when in reality by the time issue 50 happened it all just went right out the window so we just spent so many months building this thing that didn't actually happen to nothing that's the problem that i'm
1: having well i would disagree that it's for nothing um those issues were very enjoyable in and of themselves for me even knowing uh what's coming in 50 i've gone back and reread a lot of the catwoman stuff and it it holds up as really solidly written catwoman batwoman relation sorry catwoman batman relationship stuff good character development for both of them some great art and i would point out at something like hush where uh the bat man Catwoman relationship ends with batman being more paranoid and not trusting Catwoman than ever but there's still a lot of really great stuff in the middle i've said this a lot of times but if we're in superhero comics for endings we're in the wrong type of story these are just infinite middles and it's our job to find the enjoyment in the middle and um i'm doing that with that and i would say that a lot of the enjoyment of the the pre-wedding stuff was still enjoyable now
0: I'm not going to say it was unenjoyable um, because I I did enjoy it at the time, but I think, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I I don't want to think about this too much. I did pull up the solicitation. It does have uh, the very last line of the solicitation says, and how does Gotham girl fit into all of this? So there is a hint that that could be included in some way, shape or form, but uh, I'm not going to hold my breath on that for right now. All right, so uh, next thing I want to talk about is so solicitations, as you're listening to this, have released. they released on the 17th. We're um, or, or expecting them to release on the 17th because that's when they typically release. Um, we have a leaked copy of the solicitations. Our copy does not include the creators attached, so we don't know if there's any creator changes. But uh, I want to quickly – there's only, like, a couple of real quick small things to, like, mention – that are are, I should say are worth mentioning that are happening in March. Uh, First one, Teen Titans is going to be crossing over with Deathstroke um, for at least a couple months, because the issue of Deathstroke says it's a prelude to what's coming, and then Teen Titans says it's part one. So it's at least a couple issues. I would guess at least it's going to be in March and April, maybe even into... May as well. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Maybe there'll be a little bit more information about how many parts once the solicits actually released, but our copy just says prelude in part one. Um, So there's that Uh, detective comics number 1000 is coming in, in March as well. Interestingly enough, it's the only issue of detective comics that's releasing. So there is not going to be two issues of detective comics in March. I, I, you could look at that however you want. I'm looking at it as well. The types of comics from 1000 is going to be double the price, so they're going to do us a favor and not have two issues in the month. Um, because you can't really compare it to Action Comics because Action Comics, uh, once that 1000 issue came out, all the other Superman titles stopped, including Action Comics, and then they had that Man of Steel miniseries for a while before action and Superman pick back up in July, like three months later. So that being said, I don't, we know that that's not happening with detective comics. It's not going to be on a hiatus or anything like that, but it is going to be the only issue of detective comics. Solicitation does not state who is actually attached, but it does say that um, it is 96 pages, which is expected. It has an unbelievable lineup of talent that will lead, that will take you on a journey through Batman's past, present and future. Plus, plus a sensational epilogue that features the first ever DC universe appearance of the deadly Arkham Knight. But who's under the mask and why do they want Batman dead? The incredible future of the of Batman the adventures begins here. So there's that. I'm guessing the lineup of talent that's going to take you on a journey of the past, present, and future. I'm hoping they're stories and they're not just pinups. I'm starting to get slightly worried about the pinups because we got that in Batman number 50 and... And honestly, we didn't I have don't too many pinups in action a thousand though. That's true. We didn't, but I'm just comparing it back to Batman fifty. And the amount of creators attached to action comics number one thousand was great. And they actually had stories to tell, and that was all great, and you know, props to them. But I have this weird feeling that after what they did with Batman number fifty, with having like a massive amount of creators attached, and then it all ended up being a bunch of pinups that had nothing to do with the actual story and just was a reason to make the issue overly large and more expensive, well, was frustrating to say the least. Um, so anyway, by the time you're reading this, we'll probably know a little bit more. Also, while you're listening to this, there's been hints that on Tuesday, December 18th, which I said has already happened while you're listening to this, there's supposed to be a some sort of Detective Comics number 1000 reveal. I'm guessing it probably has to do with the covers or the variant cover program that's going to be attached to the issue uh, action comics on 1000 had a bunch of variants. I'm guessing that's going to happen with the types of comics as well. They've been hinting at on, on Twitter uh, Thursday and Friday of the week before you're listening to this, that there, you know, that something was going to be revealed on Tuesday and I'm also assuming that's probably going to be the last news that we get for the rest of 2018. Um, but there's, but I'm hopefully we, we have more details related to who's going to be attached. Maybe they'll release even more details on Tuesday, but if you are interested in what they potentially announce, head over to the site and we will have all those details up for you guys to check out. And then obviously the next time we record, we will talk about those as well. The only other worth mentioning thing that happened, um, Outside of Batman Damned is supposed to be ending in March. That'll be the third issue. It's coming in March, even though it was originally supposed to come in January. It's now officially coming out in March, unless of course it gets delayed yet again. Um, is that James Junior is going to be reappearing in Batgirl number thirty three? We remember she just he he did recently appear in I believe it was Batgirl. Was it the annual or 26th? It was the annual. The annual. Okay. Um, he appeared in the annual. Um, briefly, but he's, but the cover of Batgirl number 33 actually has him out of prison. So Batgirl is seemingly going to be going after him. It, the solicitation says it's election day in Gotham city and Barbara Gordon is running ragged on both ends as she tries to balance campaigning for her new boss with keeping the peace as a superhero. Could the sudden appearance of her murderous brother, James Jr. Push her over the edge. So needless to say, I've said this multiple times. I've been enjoying Backroll looking forward to what's coming. So that is the highlights of the solicitations. Uh, we'll have more details on everything come next episode. So with that, we're going to dive straight into our comic book reviews. And the first one we've got is Batman.
1: Batman number 60 writing by Tom King art by Mikel Jenin and Jorge Fornez. Apologies to Jessica and any of our people who speak other languages for the mispronunciation. So, um, Batman number 60. At five in the morning, Jim Gordon wakes up and goes to work, starting the day by working with Harvey Bullock on reviewing Batman's behavior since issue number 50. Elsewhere, Batman brutally interrogates Maxie Zeus, recently released from Arkham, about Penguin's story of Bane. In Wayne Manor, Alfred watches Penguin in a Cage, the mob boss blindfolded. Bullock and Gordon discuss Batman's fight with KG Beast, who is picked up by the international intelligence community after Batman broke his neck in Russia. Gordon is shaken by Batman's violence, though Bullock says anything's possible. Batman plays yo-yo with Firefly, sometimes without a string, and the criminal insists that Bane never left his cell. Penguin and Alfred discuss the poem Penguin quoted in the first issue of this arc, Shakespeare's The Phoenix and the Turtle. Penguin thought it was pretty, but now knows it is horrible. Detective Montoya notifies Gordon of Batman's treatment of Maxi Zeus, and Gordon's anger and confusion grows. On a rooftop, Batman punches Kite Man, to which he shouts, Hell yeah! Alfred opens Penguin's cage to feed him. Gordon borrows a baseball bat and heads to the roof. Batman's interrogations continue, with every criminal saying the same thing. Bane is broken, staying in his cell. As Alfred feeds him, Penguin elaborates on his theory about the Shakespeare poem, that it is about the death of love. As he weeps over his dead wife, Penny, a new voice interrupts him. Terrified, Penguin claims he never told Batman about the voice, as it claims that Batman is already here. Gordon smashes the Bat-Signal as more reports of Batman's violent investigations pour in, shouting, No more. Arriving in the Batcave, Batman finds everything dark, with Alfred on the floor, beaten brutally. As Bruce stoops to help Alfred, the butler weakly tries to tell that Batman, that Flashpoint Batman, his alternate universe father, is standing behind them. So, I just have, um... Two questions about this issue. The first is, what does Thomas's appearance mean? Is he the true big bad? We've been led to believe that Bane is in charge, but the way Penguin acts around Flashpoint Batman seems like he's a lot bigger in the scheme against Batman than we thought. And do we think that this is connected to Doomsday Clock and the Rebirth plot? I hate suggesting that because the whole trying to figure out where the connections to Watchmen thing is a little too conspiracy theory for me, but the ability to create a bubble to preserve the Flashpoint universe, as we saw on the button, and then yank him out of that bubble to our reality seems like something only someone on the power level of Dr. Manhattan could do. So, um, your
0: first question about is Flashpoint Batman, or does Flashpoint Batman have more of a pull in this entire plot than we think? I don't know. Here, Here's the thing. I'm kind of at a loss because I was at a loss when Flashpoint Batman appeared in Batman number 50. And he was there and was like, why is he here? And it didn't make a lot of sense. Anything we've seen with Flashpoint Batman, it doesn't it's not as if he is like this evil Batman from like a different earth. He's just a different version of Batman from a different earth. He's Thomas Wayne as Batman because Bruce Wayne died. We've seen the story. We've talked about the story. Flashpoint Batman, the miniseries is actually really, really good. I suggest you check it out if you haven't. Um, But the entire thing is like, he's not like some sort of like, sure. He's more violent. And, slightly more twisted, but he's not an evil version of Batman and he wouldn't be coming after Bruce Wayne just to come after him. So I feel like there's some sort of swerve thing going on here. And I mean, you could literally chuck it up to all kinds of stuff. Psycho pirate, uh, being involved, Doctor Manhattan. You could, you could, you could say however you, you could bring it up however you want. Mm-hmm. We know that there are characters who can travel through d- dimensions and get to different universes. The Flash characters are the ones that obviously come to mind because they're the ones that were involved in the button and in Flashpoint that have that have had situations where Thomas Wayne has appeared. So the immediate response would be, you know, is there a Flash character involved? We know that uh, during the button. Reverse Flash was was um involved in that entire situation that, that kind of caused the button but i guess my thing is it would either be maybe he, he he is bigger than we think but Bane still is running things but i just don't see it being Thomas Wayne i i feel like if this is truly an evil version what if it's like reverse flash disguised as Thomas Wayne Batman I mean like I I don't know I mean like I'm just throwing ideas out there because the thing is I just don't see how Thomas Wayne as we've seen him in Flashpoint would come to be like this horrible character who is trying to take out his son and side with Bane especially after we saw you know him suggest to Bat or to Bruce to settle down and to have a family and not, you know, be Batman forever. So like why would we we get to this? So that's my only thought is maybe this isn't what we think it is. Maybe it is somebody who's just disguises that and the intent is to like throw him off because we know what that suit means.
2: Oh. What does uh what did Flashpoint Batman give Barry what was in the what was the what were the contents of the letter that he gave Barry to give to
0: Bruce? After Flashpoint? I believe it just said, "I'm proud of you," or you know, I, "I'd always be proud of you."
2: Okay, I was just thinking, either it was from that, or the last time he said, "Don't be Batman." Maybe just like some twisted punishment for still saying, for still being Batman and not like heeding his advice. I don't know. I was going somewhere like that. Once again, who knows what's going to
1: happen? Yeah, that's kind of the problem with all this speculation. I was just curious because. To me, when I saw how terrified Penguin was of Flashpoint Batman, it felt like he's willing to betray Bane, but not Flashpoint Batman. That, to me, implies that maybe Flashpoint Batman is somehow in charge of this. And the fact that he told Bruce not to be Batman and then shows up in number 50 aside Bane. I mean, obviously, there's something going on. And I would bet that 70 to 74, The Fall and The Fallen are going to deal with that. I was just wondering if anyone had a different read than me.
0: I honestly, I, I can't see that I have a different read. I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like there's some sort of swerve that eventually just has to happen because if there isn't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get why he's involved. That's the thing that's like bugging me worse than most things regarding this. Is I don't understand why they, even involved in this in the first place um, other than just the weird connection that we have to have to you know the button story that already happened. And then it just gets weird because it's like, well, why exactly do we need to have these, these ridiculous references to the previous story arcs just for the sake of having them all connected somehow?
1: So, so my second question is The upcoming issues of this, we've already talked a little bit about this, are called Nightmares. Um, do you think that Flashpoint Batman and or Bane will capture Batman and subject him to virtual reality or brainwashing? Um, that, that's my current theory on what's going to be going on for the next ten issues, except for the crossover with the Flash. What do you think?
0: Well, it could literally be it could be any of them. Um, I don't know that it would be. I, I don't know that I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna stick stay away from the virtual reality because I feel like <sighs> that's what's happening in Heroes in Crisis right now. Um, but <laughs> uh, brainwashing entirely possible or just mind control, um, which still falls under that brainwashing thing. Is I feel like there's a, there's characters involved in Bane's plot so far up to this point that could easily be the reason as to why we're going to see what we're going to see during these nightmare arcs. It'll be more of a question of is everything that we're seeing, you know, not real or a version of it, or, you know, how much of what we're seeing is real. And I, I don't see VR as the, as the reasoning, but I feel like if it is some sort of brainwashing or mind control, it would explain why we keep seeing Flashpoint Batman although there are certain points where I don't understand it. This is, I, I I pulled up that letter just so that we could reference it. It says, uh, dear son, there's only one thing that I know about life. I know some, I know some things happen by chance. And, uh, then it says, love always your father, Thomas. And that's it. That's literally the entire letter. So that was the letter at the end of flashpoint, which made Bruce cry. um, the stuff that happened during the button was like, it was basically, you know, don't, you don't have to be Batman forever. Get married, have a family, live your life. I remember that being that. So, I mean, that's that. Tony, anything? Nope. Okay. All right. So, Batman number 60. I'm going to give a total of three and a half uh, I'll give that
1: three and a half. I believe I also gave it three and a half.
0: All right, so that's going to give Batman a total of three and a half out of five batterings. So we're into our next book, Detective Comics. <laughs> Detective Comics number 994, written by Peter Tomasi, art by Doug Mankey. The issue starts off where Batman meets Commissioner Gordon at the Gotham City Aquarium. A young couple is found dead inside one of the tanks, and they resemble the late Martha and Thomas Wayne. Gordon recounts the Waynes were his first double murder, Batman says that they were his as well. Instead of waiting for the GCPD diver to fish the bodies out, Batman uses an explosive to empty out the tank. These bodies were staged to look like the Waynes. Every little detail has been accounted for. Batman says that they even have replicas of their wedding rings. Batman notes whoever had these innocent people killed took extreme measures to recreate the Wayne's murder. Extensive plastic surgery was used to have the deceased look like the real Wayne's. Gordon even notes their bullet wounds are in the exact same place as the Wayne's while examining the body of the deceased male. Batman recognizes that there is something abnormal with the cause of death. After examining the male's eyes, he realizes that they did not drown. Batman turns the body over and tries to expel the water in his chest with only a little Exiting the body, Batman realizes something is blocking his airway. Batman looks down this man's throat and retrieves a pearl. The pearl comes from the torn necklace of Martha Wayne. Batman tells Gordon that there was probably a pearl in the woman's throat, and these pearls were administered post-mortem. These couples were murdered elsewhere. Gordon asks why these people were dressed like the Waynes, and Batman states it is the anniversary of their death. At Park Row Community Clinic, the always diligent Leslie Tompkins, who stayed late for work, heads home to grab a bit sleep before her shift that begins in a few hours a monster stands in front of her holding a bat signal leslie runs inside her clinic and radios batman to come and help her batman immediately tells gordon to meet him at park row clinic batman speeds towards her in the batmobile leslie updates batman that this thing is impenetrable to bullets and is seemingly following her batman tells her to jump from the roof of the building to the one across the street, she hesitates and decides to hide instead, not knowing Batman was going to catch her mid-air. Leslie realizes this thing is after Batman and tells it to leave Gotham's hero alone. She stabs the thing in the back, only to make it angrier. Holding Leslie by the throat, this thing emits a gas and forces Leslie to breathe it in. Batman comes in and frees her from its grasp. Batman tries to fight it in hand-to-hand combat, but realizes that it is a useless endeavor. He throws two explosives at the thing, and in response, it throws Leslie over the roof. Batman catches her before she hits the ground and asks if she's okay. While holding back a hysterical laugh and terrifying grin, she says that she does not think so. All right, so first things first, um, I have to bring this up because, I mean, I, it w- I would be stupid not to. Um, Peter Tomasi is on the title, which as you mo- most of you are aware... Uh, Whether or not you are on Discord, you heard about the fact that we had a t-shirt, a limited edition t-shirt created that said, I want Tomasi. And the fact that we've been harping that James Robinson's Detective Comics for the past two and a half months has been really bad. Um, This is something that I've been looking forward to greatly. Um, I've enjoyed Peter Tomasi's work in the past. I was pleasantly... Looking forward to him coming to Detective Comics, if for no other reason but to have a clear direction to the stories. I mean, like it doesn't this this clearly. I mean, we know that he's going to be on the book through 1,000, past 1,000. He's going to be on the title for a while. Um, so knowing that there's a creator, regardless of who it is, knowing that there's a creator who's going to be attached to the title for an extended amount of time and not just here for one arc, that's always a good thing. Um, not to speak ill of Brian Hill, his arc was good, but he was only on the book for one arc, and we knew that going into it. Um, I I enjoyed Tomasi, and I've enjoyed Tomasi in the past. I know Ian has not enjoyed him as much as I have, um, and he wasn't looking forward to it as much as me. So I posed the question to Tony about whether or not you look forward to this. I know you reviewed the the book over on the site, um, and honestly, that limited edition shirts derived from your uh, your quote from one of your reviews. But uh, what? Uh, so going first with Tony, what were you, were you looking forward to this, and were you looking forward to it more than just because the previous stuff, the previous stuff from Robinson was so bad that it just really made you interested in what Tomasi was going to do, or because of Tomasi in general?
2: Uh, oh, I am so happy. I can finally review comics with a smile. Oh my word, I'm happy. Um most of it I don't I don't really know much of Tomasi's stuff really outside of like Superman when I first kind of got into stuff. Moretta's like Superman runs and I enjoyed it. I liked it. You know. But I know that he wrote Batman and Robin during New Fifty Two and some stuff like that. I don't know him that well. But you know what? He can write decent dialogue. It's a good story. Even if you don't really like him, it's just better than James Robinson. Like, you can read it and just feel like, man, that's a decent comic. So I'm happy
0: because of that. I'm just happy. All right, so then my counter is, Ian, what did you think of the issue?
1: Well, as people who've listened to the cast for a while and heard all my very long letters that Ed was very frustrated with... um, I don't enjoy Tomasi's attitude towards the Bat family or his moral framework. Um, and what I mean by that is he portrays Batman and also Damien because he was writing Batman and Robin for a long time as very self-centered and narcissistic and, and flawed characters. And that's good. I, I, am, I am here for a flawed Batman and a flawed Damien uh, as part of why they're compelling characters. The problem is I get the sense that he morally justifies their bad behavior because they're in so much pain um i do think both batman and damien have experienced extraordinary trauma and the fact that they are heroic is a testament to their strength of character and their moral fortitude i don't think that justifies them hurting other people and i feel like tomasi expects us to be okay with that because he, he will often just juxtapose Damien or, or Batman just being incredibly cruel or insensitive, um, and then he'll, he'll just show Damien crying, or, or they'll have a, a tender moment. One thing I'll say, Tomasi's very, very good at the tender moment. And I myself found things like his Five Stages of Grief and um, the Pearl, uh, which I find really interesting, because Damien was only able to find one Pearl. Uh, in his long stretch of looking through the servers, and apparently this villain found two more. Um, So I'm sure that'll play part of what's going on, because, you know, it's the same writer, so he's probably got a plan. I find his his emotional moments very affecting, but looking back on them, they ring morally hollow. And so this issue didn't really... It was all table-setting. It was all setting up for the villain and and the conflict leading into a thousand. So it wasn't particularly um, egregious in its way that it approached Batman. Uh, I don't think Batman was, you know, being particularly unkind or cruel or insensitive. He was just being Batman, which is fine. Um, So I'd say this is probably a bit above my expectations, but it's also all table setting. So Tomasi hasn't really had a chance to do that much in terms of the stuff that i'm concerned about uh i do want to bring up a couple of issues tomasi's promised that this is going to be hardcore detective and then he has batman contaminating the crime scene by using a bomb to release water all over the crime scene um and then i had some conversations on some other forums about the way he portrayed leslie tompkins uh i'm a long I don't want to go too far because I know there are people who have been around since uh, Jason Todd died. You know, They, were, they actually voted on that. So th- there's people who have way more experience and way more knowledge and passion than I do for, for the history. But I have been around for 10 years in terms of reading Batman comics and, and committing stuff to my personal timeline and, and my interaction with them. My experience with the character of Leslie Tompkins rings uh, false with the way that Tomasi portrays her – uh, because she's an extreme pacifist she's not against violence just because she doesn't like the consequences of violence she's against violence because of the consequences to the to the moral fiber of the person who does it that's why she opposes batman because she loves him like a son because she's one of the friends she's sort of, of alfred's generation so she functions as sort of a, a, a surrogate grandmother or mother to bruce when he was young depending on the ages of the character she was H down in the new 52 and they've kept that here but here she's willing to attack this monster um and i've heard arguments that it's sensible it's not a sentient being it's not a human so she's okay with it it still rings incredibly false to me leslie is such a gentle character by explicit choice that that didn't ring true and somebody else said that this could be an explicit change. This could be something that Tomasi said, that level of pacifism was unrealistic, so I'm going to have a more realistic Leslie now. I mean, she's being attacked. She's been attacked by Zaz and refused to hurt him. So I I just don't buy the self-defense thing, because Leslie just wouldn't be violent.
0: <laughs> Where was that? That, that just happened.
1: Uh, no, that was in No Man's Land. No, Did you... Oh, you read it oh, yeah, for the yeah, Stellas podcast. Why, that's why
0: I was thinking. <laughs> oh, man. This is why I have a hard time reading older comics, because then they, they stick in my mind for too long. But yes, there was a story in No Man's Land where Zaz was there, and and and, they, and Batman was like, we'll just get him out of here. And she's like, no, we're not going to get him out of here. He's He's got to stay here. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can see the Leslie issue. Um, but and, and who, here's to, who's to say, like, I, I completely agree. Okay, let me rephrase this. So I enjoyed it a lot, um, but it is very much a setup. Um, we're clearly setting up the story. I'm in this. I'm in the boat with Tony. This is way better than James Robinson. It actually
1: I'll feels give you like- on a line-by-line line level, Tomasi's much more competent than Robinson. So yeah. that was definitely a step up. Yes, there's that, and then
0: the, the other part of it is, for me at least, the, I mean, not not that I had an issue with the the art, but I enjoyed this art way more than the, the stuff that we got from uh, D.G. Minko, Minko last, the last, <laughs> did I say that? Carmine, just call him Carmine. Yeah, Carmine, sure, Carmine. From Carmine, from the last, you know, from the Robinson story arc, that stuff was good, but I, I really like Doug Mankey way more, so there's that part of it, but then, but, but as a whole, the 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 story, like, it was clearly setting things up. I did finish the issue and was like, man, I, I really want the next issue. But that's why I, that that's part of the reason why when I look at stories, if I want to get to the next issue, then I'm enjoying the story. I could care less about what was going on with that Two Face story. I didn't care where it was going.
1: Well, one question about the end of this issue. It looked to me like Leslie had sort of been poisoned by Joker toxin. Is that what it looked like to you? That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I thought that's what... I think that's what's being implied.
0: Yeah. she She's gotten Joker gas or Joker toxin, and she that's, that's what happened. And she's laughing and got the smile because that's what's happening. Um, there's also... I've read some stuff online saying that the creature we're seeing is somebody who has been infected by uh, Joker venom. Um,
1: which, so like a mix of Toxin and Bane's Venom?
0: Yeah, it, that, that goes back to Arkham Asylum, the video game.
1: Oh, and I'm uh, I haven't played that. See,
0: I think that's the thing. Knowing that Arkham Knight from the video game is going to be coming into the comics for issue 999 and then 1000, I'm guessing he's... Tomasi is trying to take some
1: of the elements from those games and like kind of try to make, figure out a way to make them canon. Do you think this will be like a multiverse or do you think he's actually going to adapt it to be in the main continuity? No, I think he's adapting it to be in the main continuity. Um, Okay. I don't know that he's
0: adapt like obviously he's not adapting it the way it was was in those games. But I think making like... (laughs)
1: Give Jason Todd a third identity.
0: Well, yeah, and I don't think it's going to be Jason Todd, but... I feel like we're already getting started because the fact whoever is knowledgeable of the Wayne's murder and and stage, this thing is probably the Arkham Knight. Um, Just guessing because of issue counts between now and then, there's just not that many issues that you can go without eventually getting to the Arkham Knight. So unless this is like a really quick story where it's only like four issues and then they go into a new story arc that then introduced the Arkham Knight, which I just don't see because, there's not even enough issues between here and nine 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 to do a complete trade like normal. So, this one only you know if you've got there's only six issues between here and number one thousand, not including one thousand because it'll be its own thing. So the six issues between here and one thousand have to be you know the trade essentially, um, and I don't see them doing like a three issue story arc because it just it doesn't work. So anyway, that's being said. I feel like whatever this Arkham Knight, whoever the Arkham Knight is going to end up being, which I'm intrigued to see who it will be, but that we're not even seeing any part of that right now other than somebody's really involved with the Wayne murders, not to say that they specifically know that Bruce Wayne is Batman, but that is implied knowing that Batman's going to be involved with this. it's He's not staging this. Like, Why of all the people in the world would they stage the Wayne's murder? if they don't have any knowledge that Batman is somehow connected. So that being said, I would say that it's interesting to see the beginning of something that is going to turn into something bigger. I've seen the comments online about how they think that the hulking creature is somebody who has the Joker venom in them. And that's why he's hulking and he's so big. um, And he's specifically seeking out Batman that plays along with what we know of Joker venom from the, from the, the game. But again, that stuff's not canon, so you're just kind of guessing at this point until we get a little bit more of the story, which unfortunately isn't going to happen until January because of the holiday and them not having comics in the fourth week of December. We're just not going to even get anything until January, although we will be getting four or three issues in the month of January
1: to make up for this. but it's I do think that Joker Venom is a very good guess. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and the thing is, like... But that
0: that also goes against the Leslie thing because if it is if it's somebody on with Joker Venom in them, they are a real human. It's not it's not mm-hmm. like just some creature that like was made with test tubes. This is legitimately somebody
1: who's been or infected even a by Talon,
0: somebody. yeah. So. So there's that part of it. I, I see your your issue with Leslie, but I'm but at the same time I'm looking at it from well, let's see where this goes. I like that she's included in the story because oh yeah, she, we, the last time we saw her within Detective Comics was back during Tynan's run, and we had like I I've, i she, like she, she, she just she just did pop up in the Batman Annual too, but. But outside of that, she hasn't really been around, so I, I, I'm glad to see her. Um, I love the... But, but I, I see your, your issue. The, the thing that I really enjoyed also was... This is Detective Comics. I've always thought that Detective Comics, when they, when they, they pitch the idea of, we're going to tell detective stories in Detective Comics, I love the idea, but the execution isn't always there. This, legitimately, at least the first like half of the book... Is Batman being a detective? Yes, there is the issue with him putting the, the the explosive on the tank. I don't that that is a fault. I don't understand that. It does contaminate the, the, the entire
1: site. Good luck, yeah. Your jury to agree with you on anything from that crime scene.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the the explanation could have been there. You know that he scanned the area and there was nothing else there. Who knows? But the thing is that wasn't explained you needed to explain it if you weren't going to make it. But especially since like the diver was there, it wasn't like it was going to take that much time. It was more about like he was acting impatient, but we don't even have
1: any idea why he's acting impatient. That being said, this is Batman. His parents are being like parodied here. So I can understand him acting irrationally. I just wish they'd been a little clearer. That's what's going on. Yeah. But
0: yeah, but I, but the, the detective work outside of that weird situation with, Blowing the the tank, I love the fact that there's a detective element to this. The fact that it yeah, the fact that he's actually going to be trying to figure out what's going on, who's behind this, how that ends up being potentially connected to this hulking creature that we see at the end of the issue. Like, I'm really looking forward to it because it legitimately feels like we're telling a Batman-centric story. Not that I didn't enjoy the Bat Family stuff because I did, but. I want to see Detective Comics one of two ways. I either want to see Batman actually being a detective and figuring situations and cases and solving cases, doing that if it's a solo story, or I want to see it as a Bat family story where everyone's involved and there's mysteries involved all of the, the Bat family. That's the other aspect. Random stories that just have Batman in it and there's not any detecting happening and there's not any solving of crimes, it's just, you know, I'm I'm here to fight some people and all I need to do is go find the villain of the week so that I can find out why things are happening. That's not being a detective. And it just doesn't it doesn't add anything to the Batman mythos. I wanna see stuff that actually like makes Batman into the hero that we know he is. So all right. Outside of that, like we said, this is the beginning. I don't have anything else other than that. We we did discuss it pretty in depth. I will say the art. I love this art. Um, this is very much DC House style, in my opinion, but I don't have any problem with that. Um, it, remind, it reminds me of uh, Jason Fabik, but I I actually I feel like this is more clean. I don't know why, but I feel like there's because there's less the it's not grittiness, but the 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 detail that goes into this feels more like. It's the shadowing and the, the inks and things like that more so than.
1: Well, Fabek uses a lot of cross hatching, so his his shadows look less clean. And this um, used a lot more coloring for the shadows, so that's going to have a lot more plain. Uh, what do you call them? Pure blacks, so that'll have a cleaner effect on your eye. And I like that.
2: I thought. I mean, my my main issue with the art was it just looked Batman was always in blue. And I was like, that's a little weird. Um, It kind of threw me off a little bit. But yeah, it's really good. I I enjoyed it a lot.
0: I know what you mean, the reflection. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I forgot to mention um, there was a guest artist, Jorge Fornes, for Batman, and I did want to shout him out because I thought his stuff was really uh, vivid. So I think it's been a good week for Batman art with Mankey and Janine and then the guest art by uh, Fornes. Yeah.
0: It's been. This month has actually been a good month for Batman comics in general,
1: even with one missing week. Yeah,
0: so far, I mean, I say that, but and, and yeah. Anyway, all right. So I'm going to give this one a four out of five.
2: I'll give it a four out of five because that's what they gave it on the site.
1: Three out of five.
0: All right, so that's going to give Detective Comics a total of three and a half out of five betterings. That is all of our in-depth reviews. Let's jump over to the site for Greater Gotham. Starting with, uh, we have the first set of books from December 5th, main TV books. We already talked about Batman number 60, Nightwing number 54. Rick Grayson has a breakthrough in therapy and moves forward in his relationship with Bay. Meanwhile, Sapenza and his crew patrol the streets as Nightwings. This is by Adele. He gave it three, and a, three out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Red Hood Outlaw, number 29, is Batwoman, and Red Hood take on the town of Appleton. Jason learns more about Underlife's true roots and where they are truly located. This is by Bill. He gave it two and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral.
1: Uh neutral. Thumbs
0: up. Harley Quinn, number 55. Harley is excited about the festive season, but her family is visiting, and unfortunately, this one has a sting in the tail. This is by David. He gave it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. I'm staying. Thumbs up. Secondary TV books. Archie meets Batman 66, number five. Even though Batman and Archie's gang rescue their friends, all does not look rosy for our heroes. So right, Ian, he gave it two and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Epstein. Neutral. Batman Max, The Max, Arkham Dreams, number three. Dr. Dispari's experiments are put into further question as Penguin, Joker, and Harley are the next subjects. Sued by Bob, he gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs down.
1: Uh, abstain. Abstain.
0: Main DC Universe books, Adventures of the Super Sons number five. The boys come face-to-face with their future selves, but in a strange turn of events realize that they are constructs Created by a being known as the Wonder Machine. This is by Bill. He gave it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Neutral. Abstain. Deathstroke number 38 is Slade, Joseph, and Rose face mounting challenges all over the world. Surprises await them all. This is by Ian. He gave it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Uh, Neutral.
1: Two thumbs up.
0: Doomsday clock number eight, Superman tries to stop Russia de- from declaring war against the United States while Lois gets a mysterious envelope. This was reviewed by Tony. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm gonna give this one a neutral. Uh neutral. Neutral. Justice League number thirteen, the Legion of Doom is down a Legion of Doom is down a few members. So the supervillain community shows up to turn in their resumes. This is back Corbin, he gave it three out of five and give this one a thumbs up.
1: Thumbs up. Abstain.
0: And then uh, secondary DC Universe books, Suicide Squad, Black Files, number two, Deadshot and Harley Quinn appear in the issue. Jumping over to December 12th, we have main TV books. We already talked about the Titan comics. Batman Annual, number three, is a flu-ridden Batman hunts the skies of Gotham for, a, for murderous drones. Alfred takes center stage. This was reviewed by Ian. He gave it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. And if you're interested more about the Batman Annual, this is actually one of the issues that we reviewed as part of TBU Extra for our Patreon supporters. So if you want to hear us talk more in-depth about Batman Annual, be sure to support us on Patreon and get that extra TBU episode. Uh, The Batman Who Laughs, number one, Bruce finds an alternate version of himself, and the Joker makes a surprising and bold move to stop the Batman Who Laughs. So by Tony, he gave it four and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Neutral. Secondary TV books, Batman Damned, number two. Batman continues to be haunted by the supernatural as he sets out to prove that the Joker is still alive. So, by Paul, he gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Neutral. Thumbs down. Main DC Universe books, Justly Dark, number six. Detective Chimp atones for his failures. So, by Tony, he gave it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up.
1: Thumbs up. Neutral.
0: Suicide Squad number 49, Flag confronts a captive Waller over her involvement in the death of his army unit. His mysterious energy threatens to destroy the world. So by Paul, he gave it one out of five, and we give this one a thumbs
1: down. Uh, Abstain. Abstain.
0: And then Secondary DC Universe Books, New Talent Showcase 2018 number one. Throughout the collection of stories, multiple TBU characters appear in Leap of Faith. Batman, Victor Zaz, and Alfred appear in, in Pedigree. Catwoman, Alfred the Cat... Robin, Penguin, Alfred, and Bruce Wayne appear in that story. Titans number 31, Batman appears as the team heads to the just, or the Hall of Justice. And then finally, TVU trades and hardcovers over the past two weeks include Batman Detective Comics Volume 8, On the Outside, Trade Paperback, Batman Rebirth, Deluxe Edition, Book 3, Hardcover, Batgirl Volume 4, Strange Loop, Trade Paperback, Harley Quinn Volume 1, Harley vs. Apocalypse, Trade Paperback, Batman The Dark Knight Returns, DC Modern's Classic Edition hardcover, Trinity Volume 4, The Search for Steve Trevor, Trade Paperback, Injustice 2 Volume 3, Trade Paperback, Injustice 2 Volume 4 hardcover, Batman The Golden Age Omnibus Volume 6 hardcover, and Harley Loves Joker by Paul Dini hardcover. So if you are interested in any of the issues that we give a thumbs up, thumbs down, neutral, or stand rating to, those all have detailed reviews. Over on the site, including Synopsis, So if you're not checking any of those out, you can at least keep up to date with what's going on in the Batman universe by checking out the reviews. Every single week, we have reviews for the bat books and everything we mentioned here. Wednesday, all of the Batman specific books are, are are posted on Wednesday. All of the Greater Gotham stuff, the sidekicks, the villains from the Batman universe, post on Thursday. And on Fridays, all the Greater DC Universe books, Justice League, all the team books. All the books that are characters from the Bat Universe are part of up here in those titles that is on Friday. So that's where you can look forward to. And, of course, I say this, but as you're listening to this the next week, there are no reviews. Because as a reminder to everyone out there who buys your comics, there are no comics in stores the week of December 26th due to the holiday. There is no comics. So... Don't head to the store, and unfortunately, the site will not have any reviews. Uh, we will try to get some other content up there for you guys to keep uh, to, to check out. But in all honesty, there's not a whole lot that happens during that week, so it will be a kind of a slow couple of weeks. So before we move on, I want to quickly uh, take a quick mention to thank our Patreon supporters. Thank you to Theodis, Robert, Stephanie, Brandon, Ian, Anthony, Arturo, Irwin, Brian G. Dutton, Rail, No Deuces, and Donald, thank you all very much for supporting us at the uh, $10 or up levels. Uh, thank you to everybody else who's also supporting us at the lower level as well. Um, as you're listening to this, uh, you, there should be a slew of new content for you Patreon supporters. Um, as you're Woo-hoo. listening to this, there will be two new episodes of TBU Raw, or there's at least one, but then there's at least two episodes of TBU Extra as well. So there's at least three new episodes. You'll have plenty of content to listen to over the holiday holiday weekends and your vacation. And let's be honest, if you go to family members' houses that you don't really care about, you can just plug in your headphones and listen to the Batman Universe. So between the comic cast and all the other stuff that we're putting out, there's multiple hours. I know that there's also uh, a new episode of Back of the Oracle, which is their ninth anniversary episode, is also coming out in the final part of No Man's Land. So there's all kinds of content for you guys to check out. So thank you very much to our Patreon supporters. Greatly appreciate it. If you are so inclined to support us in any way, shape, or form, you can head over to the site, click on the support TBU up in the menu bar. It gives you a bunch of different options. You can go on to our our Spreadshirt store, which has a bunch of options for you to buy different shirts and things with different logos that uh, are different designs that we've had made up for for merchandise for you guys to purchase, and then you get something, and then we get a little bit of a kickback for selling that merchandise as well. Um, You can also give us a one-time donation on PayPal or support us on Patreon, and then you get extra content as far as different things that we release as well. So all kinds of stuff. Also, remember that if you support before the end of December, you will be entered into the drawing for the last quarter of 2018's giveaway. And uh, that giveaway includes a variety of different items, and you can check that out over on Patreon if you want the full list. But it also includes a $150 Eagle Moss Hero Collector Batman statue that stands over a foot and a half tall. So if you are so inclined to support us, that is a reward that is that, that we have as one of our uh, things. And all you need to do is just get an entry into that by getting at the $10 level. So... One $10 level will get you one entry for the month of December and then you're entered into that contest as well so keep that in mind for for the future so with that being said we're going to jump straight into our listener Q&As <laughs> And we have a bunch. Um, after I complained, I guess, two episodes in a row, um, people decided they were going to make sure that we got stuff. So um, the first comment comes, so I also did a much better job of making sure I try to port the stuff over that we have from Discord. Um, in the future, this was brought up on Discord, but if you join our Discord, have a question for us, and you ta- as long as you tag me in it, I will make sure to do it. I, I try to do my best to to port over anything else from Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. But if you have a comment, as long as you tag us, we should be able to find it. Um, And then we'll do it. So first comment comes from Jared, who says, Hey guys, just listening to the podcast now. So I may have further comments later, but you have brought up injustice a couple of times acting like you weren't too sure why it seems to be the little engine that could I'd just like to plug and inform a little about it to maybe garnish some interest for you or other listeners. The first Injustice series was a five-year-long prequel to the events of the game, even though I believe the game came first. Story mode in the game was one of the best Just League stories I've ever seen, so I decided to pick up the prequel comic. I was hesitant since, honestly, I've never been able to get into Just League comics. These characters seem to work better on their own, but I knew it could work because of the great storylines in the animated series from Bruce Tim from the early 2000s. What I ended up reading in Injustice actually surpassed the quality of the video games. Tom Taylor had take, had takes on each character that have never been explored before, yet never seemed like a drastic re-envision. Not gimmicky as some Elseworlds stories seem, this and it was genuinely funny in parts, like I don't normally laugh out loud during DC's gritty comics, and even though this has the darkest storyline imaginable, superman going evil after joker tricks him into killing lois somehow very human moments are captured with some of the side characters harley quinn and green arrow's relationship especially during the issues tom taylor left the quality defined definitely diminished but i believe he came back for the last arc in justice 2 the game was released and then it was And then it is when the comic was relaunched, bridging the gap between the two games, again, serving as a prequel now to the second game. Tom Taylor returned for the whole series this time, and it is, slash was, still very well written, even though I knew how it all ends, which is usually my issue with prequels of any sort. So that being said, I'm sure if and when a third Injustice game is released, it will probably release another story leading up to it. I don't think we have seen the end of Injustice, but if we have, I really like to see Tom Taylor to move into regular DC continuity because I think any character is in great hands with him. So, if I anyway sparked you to read this epic saga, it also has an inter- it's also interactive considering the games. The order to do would be this: read Injustice years one through five, then play the story mode of Injustice. You can do that in about three hours if I remember right, and you can pick it up. For about five bucks, just watch the cutscenes on YouTube, or just watch the cutscenes on YouTube, then read Injustice 2 and play the story mode Injustice 2, the game. Also, remember this was one of the first digital comics, so the first year it was a little jumbled as far as the artist changes and flow are concerned. It sort of feels like a bunch of collected short stories, but don't let that deter you. If you keep reading, you will be happy you did. Yes, Also, this being a Batman podcast, I need to mention at its core, this is a Batman vs. Superman story. Superman gathering heroes on his side to lead the planet with his idea of judge, jury, and executioner, and Batman amassing his group of heroes to stop him. Some of the directions it takes members of the Bat family has never been seen before and are heart-wrenching. For example, Damien goes to Superman's side, so the father-son dynamic between the two is greatly heightened, to say the least. Read it. So, Thank you, Jared, for chiming in and uh, giving us a little bit more knowledge about injustice. I have been keeping up with the series. I just, not, not, and, and, and I, I say this. When I say I don't understand how it lasts as long as it did, it's not to say that what they've put out shouldn't, isn't, isn't good. It's not by that by any means. I don't understand how it's lasted so long just because it has lasted as long as it has. I knew it was one of the original uh, digital series. It's been around for years. I mean, so
1: I mean, much so that this, how many published like paper published first books have been around for five years?
0: Yeah. That's a big, especially time stuff that's series. not in continuity. That's the biggest thing. It's not in continuity. There's, there's nothing else out there. I mean, bombshells launched sometime after injustice, but it was never, it was not around nearly as long as injustice. Um, it's insane how long it's been around. So it's not, when I say it's more of a not a judge on quality as to why it has been around that long, more of a it's very hard to believe that a series that's outside of continuity, that's literally a tie-in to a video game that doesn't take place in the normal DC universe was able to last that long. I know the quality was good, and I've had lots of different people say it is a really good story, and, I, and the bits and parts that I've kept up with have been really good. It's just incredible to see something like that last as long as it did. That's
1: all. You just kind of wish DC could figure out how that happened so they could duplicate it. Get yes. that kind of longevity on their other series. Yes, exactly. All right. Our next comment comes from
0: ACN. This was comment came via Twitter. It's, he says, uh, uh, great show. I always listen right away. One question for a few future Monkey Watch. Our creative teams... Held in such high esteem during or after their runs, Snyder, Johns, Miller, etc. Even King, if he's selling so well, why stop at 105? Got a ton more questions. I'm newer to comics, last five years, after being away for 35 years plus. Some things make so little sense to me, so I just don't understand. I'll be posting comments/slash questions regularly. Um, Thank you, ACN. I know you're also on Discord, and you've been getting some of your questions answered. If you have questions that you would like immediate responses to, be sure to join our Discord. Uh, the link is over on the site on the homepage. That being said, um, I will say this: creative teams. It's. I think it has. It comes down to two things. Sometimes runs can be extremely popular after the fact. Like, for example, Frank Miller's Year One. That was good at the time, but I don't think it anybody thought. See, I wasn't around back then, so I can't speak to, you know, current times. But I don't know that anybody at the time was saying, like, this is an amazing piece of work that is going to be regarded as one of the better Batman stories for years and years and years. I don't know that anybody was doing that. I mean, like, there was definitely a tonal shift within the universe after year one happens. But I don't know that this directly related to what we saw in, you know, from Frank Miller with year one. Now, if you look at Dark Knight Returns, that was always. That came out around the same time as Watchmen. There was a whole shift in the entire mentality of what was going on in comics during that time frame. And it was also very much outside of the normal realm of what we would typically see in a Batman comic because Batman is much older. It's taking place in the future. It's not stuff we typically saw. So um, that's Miller. Now, when you speak of like Scott Snyder, Scott Snyder. His stuff, originally, Black Mirror was really good. I really enjoyed Black Mirror when it first released. I reviewed it and thought it was great. And I think...
1: And I want to chime in and say that as someone who has not liked anything Snyder's done for seven years, Black Mirror is one of the best comics ever written.
0: Yeah. Black Mirror is really good. The thing is that I think Black Mirror was so good and was getting such, such a good critical response... That that is why DC. But it sounds
1: like crap.
0: Yeah, it sold really badly, but I think that DC like took a risk on having Snyder like kind of take over Batman at the beginning of the New Fifty Two. Very similar to, in some ways, what they did with Tom King taking over Batman at the beginning of uh, Rebirth. You know, like, sure, Tom King had worked on other stuff, nowhere near the scope of something like Batman. I mean, let's be honest here. Batman is typically one of the top tier books for DC comics. And to have a writer who has done a couple of mini series prior to this. And even if they are really, really well received by the critics, none of the stuff that he was putting out was selling extremely well. So to put him on a book like Batman, and this goes for Snyder too, because before Snyder was on detective comics, he had done American vampire. He had done a short story for Marvel and that was it. I mean, outside of American Vampire, he didn't have a ton of work out there that you could judge him off of. American Vampire was selling well for a Vertigo book, but again... So like
1: 2,000 copies? Yeah, I mean, like,
0: let, let's be honest, you don't have to... And I keep saying let's be honest, but you don't have to sell a ton of stuff or a, a bunch of issues from on from Vertigo in order to be successful. They have a lower expectation when it comes to those titles. So they took a risk on Snyder and they took a risk on king that being said batman is normally a very high selling book so unless you're just doing an absolute garbage job on the title the book will sell well i mean it just does um so much so that when the 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 lists are used, are created for com- or for comic sales and things batman is the standard that everyone uses For to say this is where the level typically would be because they're basing off of Batman because Batman sells so consistently month to month. So, I think that sometimes title or sometimes creators are held in high esteem because of the sales. If they're attached to a series that has really high sales, that says a lot. But I feel like that's a um, exaggerated point sometimes because of
1: the title that they're on. It's misleading when you attach them to titles that have long-running characters.
0: Yes, like when you take a character or you take Scott Snyder and you put him on Batman at the beginning of the New 52, Batman's going to sell well. And as long as Snyder does a good job of making the story readable, people enjoy it, the art is good, people are going to keep reading it. And then the thing is if it, you know, if people are talking about it, it could sell more um, typically books don't sell more. They typically go down. We've seen that almost in every reboot that they've done is that they sell really well at the beginning and it slowly goes down because it's just how sales work. But I would say when you're comparing creators who have been on big titles, it's very difficult to say that their high esteem is related to anything except for the fact that the book is selling well and it's on one of the top books for the company. When you look at somebody like Jeff Johns who has done you know specifically you know Batman Earth One and I'm just talking about Batman stuff here, but like he's written Batman and Justice League. he's written Batman and Batman Earth One. his stuff isn't selling nearly to the lengths of Scott Snyder or Tom King because he's not on the Batman title. If he was on the Batman title there's a very good chance that he could sell just as much as Snyder or or uh, Tom King. and as we've seen, Some of the issues that Tom King takes a break on or Scott Snyder took a break on, it's not as if those issues sell that much less than the previous month. And it's because that's just how that series works. So I would say that when it comes to their high esteem, a lot of it has to do with the books they're on. And a lot of it derives from how much they're selling. They're selling a lot for a long period of time. People are going to look at them and say, well, they know what they're doing because they're selling for a long time. It's a little jaded when you look at it from the perspective of, but they're on the top selling character book that repeatedly sells very well month to month. So that's the only problem. When you look at other titles, uh, like for example, just as an example, because these are longer runs, Greg Rucca on Detective Comics, um, you know, when he was writing Batwoman, the stuff wasn't selling as well, but it was a good run and people really enjoyed it. And the art was great by J.H. Williams. And people really, in, you know, was or were appreciating what it was happening. It just wasn't selling, so you don't get, you don't hear as much about it. Oh, Grant Morrison's on Batman sold like hotcakes, but when he wasn't on Batman and he left Batman and he went to Batman Incorporated, and Batman Robin, when that was happening, you didn't, you didn't, you don't hear a lot of talk about the other people on it. Grant Morrison can go from one book to the other and he's an example of somebody who could go from like Batman to really well, go over, a, uh, you know, start a, a title like Batman and Robin, stay on it for, you know, the first year of the book and then move over to a different title and those books can last for a while and he's done that a bunch of different times. Scott Snyder, I don't think is up there like that because he has had his name on a bunch of books that outside of plotting he hasn't really been involved in, but those books don't last. They just don't. And I think a lot of it has to do with just the concepts that the books are. And that's why they haven't lasted. So, yeah.
1: Well, ACN also asked the, the good question, if he's selling so well, why stop at 105? I think that's a really good question. And I would say um, it's because you don't want a creator who no longer wants to write the title. King doesn't want to write after he finishes his his 100 issues. He doesn't have a story. He's a good writer. I think he could probably come up with one. But you can usually tell when a creator doesn't want to be in a title anymore. Their their stuff just – I mean, if they don't care, why should the readers care? And I think that's obvious. So that's why a creator will choose to leave a title. They told the story they wanted to tell and they want to move on.
0: Yeah, and the other part of that is outside of just telling the story that they want to tell, as a creator, you work on a character for a specific amount of time. There's very few people who want to be working on the same thing, especially a creator, whether you know, in any media form, they, there's very few creators who want to work on the same thing for an extended amount of time. They tell their story, they do what they want to do. Like you see this with showrunners of TV shows. They're on the series for a certain amount of time. They leave. They leave the show in the hands of somebody else who's very capable or in some cases not capable, but they leave the show and they go off and they, they do something else. They, they did what they wanted to do, but they don't want their entire focus to be on this one singular thing forever. Um, there's very few creators who want to stay on the same character for a long time, because just think of it like this. Okay. You're as a creator, you're limited in what you can do. You can, you know, there are certain creators who they can churn out three, four different series a month. Okay. and then, But the thing is, unless you're at every single one of those series that you have, you just keep coming up with ideas, you're not going to be on all those series for a long time. Scott Snyder was on Swamp Thing and Batman at the very beginning of the New 52. He eventually stepped back from Swamp Thing. Then he did the Superman Unchained, which I think was really just them trying to pull his name onto a big Superman title at the time. Um, and they had Jim Lee on the art and we all know how that will end up when you put Jim Lee on the but, oh uh, but I mean like eventually he tells the story that he wants to tell and he moves on to something else. I mean like we, we see this a lot with creators and it's to say like as, as somebody who's not very creative myself, I can honestly say it's very difficult to just get yourself to do the same thing over and over and over again. I mean, we, I do the podcast, which is probably the creative, most creative thing I do when it comes to the site. Um, everything else is just like, you know, working through the motions of, of, of the normalcy of what needs to happen. But talking on the podcast is probably the most creative thing I have. And like, honestly, coming up with things to talk about sometimes about these issues, there's not always a ton of stuff to talk about. Sometimes it's just, it's just there. And as a creator, you don't want to have to just do it to do it. And I think Tom King told himself, he set himself a goal. He wanted to do a hundred issues. Now it's 105 to fill in the gaps of what he didn't do, but he wanted to do a hundred issues, which roughly translates to just over four years on a book. That's roughly, that's still less time than Scott Steiner was on the title, but it's way more issues and way more things to, you know, to, to write for the series. So that being said, I think that ultimately he told himself, I could come up with stories for four years I'm going to try to tell as many stories as I can related to these characters within that time frame, And I think that's what he's doing. I mean, I think that he has this idea and some of these stories that we're getting as much as we might not appreciate them as much as he would like us to, I think that the stories that he's telling are things that he knows that he wanted to tell, or he's come up with that he wants to tell just to make sure that he can reach his goal of hundred issues. But I think that by the time he gets to the end of his story, he's going to feel like he actually achieved what he was, he was trying to accomplish. And as a creator getting to the point, like finishing a movie, finishing a script, you know, making, uh, you know, writing a comic. If you're, if you're getting to where you want to be and you're content with that, there's no reason you need to continue. I mean, you sure you certainly could. He could leave Batman and go off to do some other title um, that has Batman in it. Maybe he wants to move over to Detective Comics. We've seen plenty of creators over the years go from one title and move over to another title, and then take some time off and then come back. I mean, Paul Dini has wrote written Batman stuff off and on for years and years and years, and. To that degree, Peter Tomasi has written Batman characters for years and years and years too. So I mean, like, there are lots of characters, there are lots of creators where you just want to take a step back, maybe not worry about that character, or in Tom King's case, be the the epitome of what the the books should be at that point because he's the top selling book. It's also a lot of pressure, and I think there's a lot of backlash that comes from being a top tier creator. I think that somebody like Grant Morrison, you see him in the spotlight for a while, and then he, like, disappears for a long time. And then he comes back, and he's in the spotlight, and then he disappears for a long time. And I think that, as a creator, I think that they just have to do that. So,
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, Tom King, he had a security guard that everyone kind of loved. Um, he had a security guard at, like, Comic-Con because people didn't, you know, were upset with some of the – they didn't like uh, issue 50 and they were just complaining. Like that just takes a toll on you when you're writing fiction and you have a family and it's like, I don't, you know, like how much do you, how much do you want to do that? Just to write a comic. I'm I'm not saying, you know, writing comics is bad or whatever, but you got to take that into consideration. It's just like, you know, like, is it, is this scrutiny worth it? Is, is the mean things that people say on Twitter about maybe you are, you know, your wife or your family, like, is that going to be worth it? And yeah, like why? Just because he's doing well doesn't mean that he has to keep doing it. Uh, what uh, we're talking about right now, only only thing I can think of is Dan Jurgens. He wrote Superman for years and years and years, and he quit. Like you know, his Superman, the, the latest one, to Rebirth, was really good, but he didn't have to stop doing it. And so, yeah, I if he wants to quit after 105, and that's great, but between now and then maybe he comes up with another cool story and just keeps on like, it's, he's not limited to just stopping and yeah, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on it. There's no reason why he should keep doing it. If he doesn't want it.
0: I think ultimately it just comes down to, he wants to do it for at least that. And like Tony said, if he comes up with other ideas of how to do it or to do it longer then he probably would. But ultimately that's what he just told himself he wanted to do. And it, like you obviously want to set goals for yourself in whatever you're doing. It doesn't matter what you're doing, you're always going to set goals for yourself. So I think that's what it ultimately comes down to. All right. So our next comment comes from Palo Tegrin, also from our Discord, and they specifically asked, "How do you get how how did you each get into podcasts?" So there could be two different ways to answer this question. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the. I'm going to go into option number one. Option number one is how did you first get into podcasting, like listening to podcasts, get into hearing a podcast, things like that? Um, and then option two would be how did you get into the TBU podcast? Um, so, option number one for me is the first time I ever heard a podcast was back in 2009, right around Christmas time. Uh, not 2009, I don't know why I said 2009, 2007, uh, Two thousand seven. there was uh, a short-lived podcast that only had four episodes. I had just gotten a iPod for the very first time and I created an iTunes account, discovered podcasts, f- typed in Batman to see what would pop up. There was a short-lived four-episode podcast where there was a guy and he talked about Batman and talked about, stuff, the rumors relating to the Dark Knight at the time, and briefly talked about some other Batman news. It wasn't a very long show, but he had four episodes. And I kept thinking, is he going to release any more? And it had been at, like two months since the last time he released an episode. And that's ultimately why I decided to do the podcast um, and start the Batman universe was because I was like, well, if he's not going to do it, well, then I got I, I'll do it because I've got extra time. And here we are. You know, over 10 years later, almost 11 years since then, and the podcast has become a website and a slew of other podcasts and all kinds of other stuff that we do and has become way more than I can handle by myself, and that's why I'm super thankful for all the people that we have working on the site, whether they review comics or the other people who produce podcasts or write the news. Lots of people are helping get everything produced. Now, option two, how did I get involved in the TBU podcast? Well, that's self-explanatory. So I defer the question to you guys.
2: I guess I'll go ahead and answer. Uh, I'll I'll answer in reverse. uh, How did I get into uh, podcasting? Uh, Dustin needed somebody, and so I responded to the call. Um, Literally, this is like my third podcast because somebody, I think, steps out, and so I'm filling in. Um, Yeah, Uh, back up anyway. I like listening, get, getting wow. How did I get started to listening to podcasts? Well, uh, goodness sakes, I guess a couple years ago, um, you know, uh, going to college, going to graduate school, um, parking is hard to do in a metropolitan area where my school was, and so I'm cheap, and I didn't pay the fifty bucks per semester parking pass, or whatever. You know, wanted to get good exercise and. Wouldn't mind spending 20 minutes for a good walk, 15, you know? And got big into podcasts and got big into learning. I'm all about learning and all about optimizing time. And, you know, you could do the both with podcasts. So over the years, I have my podcast collection and library is huge. And, yeah, it's pretty much I just want to learn all that I can as quick as I can and utilize my time. So that's how I got there.
1: So, <laughs> I completely agree with Tony when I was in grad school. And even now I still work on the college I went to. I don't park on campus. I walk. Um, but I actually got into podcasts when I was an undergrad in, I think 2006, 2007 ish. Uh, I got into firefly podcast, the television show. Um, there's, I've just listened. Oh, there's tons of them. <laughs> a lot more back then. Cause the movie had just come out. <laughs> um, but, Around 2009 or 10-ish is when I first stumbled upon um, Stella's podcast and Stella's podcast Batgirl to Oracle. And that eventually migrated to the Batman universe, which is literally how I found the Batman universe. I am one of the people who constantly bugs Stella with letters and questions. Um, And so she actually suggested that I could fill in a couple times on the TV podcast when she was a regular host and couldn't make it. So that's how I got started. And then, um, you know, hosts rotated and Dustin put out the call and I volunteered because I've always wanted to talk about podcasting and and Batman and comics and analyzing things. So I thought this would be a good way to... um, help out the site because i've been reviewing since 2015 and also sort of get experience because eventually i'd like to start doing some kind of material on you know my favorite characters like stephanie brown and the huntress and i didn't want to do that as a complete noob so that's how i got into it here
0: so so basically what ian's telling you is if you're looking for a stephanie brown podcast it's around the corner
1: uh, I been mean, I've been thinking about it for six years, so around the corner
0: is going to get a little quick. Oh, hey, it could be another three years around the corner. Um, sure. All right, so our next comment comes from ECM. This time from Discord, uh, his he's got two questions. The first one says, "How did you get into comics?" So I've said this story a bunch of times, but I'll just quickly say it again. Um, and that, that ECN didn't hear me, but I know that not all of these questions are related specifically to me because I have said these multiple times. So if you've been a long time listener, you've probably heard this before. So first time I got into comics was, when I was a kid. My dad would take me to a grocery store to go grocery shopping. They had a section of magazines and the bottom shelf of the magazine area had comics. I used to read Archie comics and get Archie digest whenever there was my family would take a road trip. We'd get Archie, the Archie double digest and things like that. And my mom would give, buy one for me so that I'd have something to read on the way there, but obviously something that wasn't super expensive. When my dad took me to the supermarket, I would, I would read through the comics that were there. Um, Didn't really know anything about continuity or anything. the, my but I, but I must have talked about it enough because my mom suggested to a family friend who was asking what to get me for Christmas one year um, to get me a subscription to comic books. I had a mail order subscription to the tie-in comic series for the Batman the Animated Series, which was like four different series over the course of multiple years. Eventually, that came. I read the heck out of them. I still have one of my original copies of the first comic that came, and man, it is beat up. Um, But those came. Eventually, I realized I should probably start taking care of them and tried to figure out a way to turn one of my dresser drawers into a makeshift long box slash short box because it wasn't that big. But did that, and then uh, I got some birthday money, and my mom took me to a local comic shop. And I ended up looking for something that had like a bunch of, you know, a bunch of, I was looking for trades, but I was looking for something that was like a bigger story. And it just so happened around the time that I was at the comic shop, the No Man's Land was collected and had a side binding that was the yellow and black uh, caution tape. And I could see that they were all connected because of that similar binding. And immediately it was like, I'm going to get this stack. And I ended up getting Cataclysm and all four volumes at the time, brought them home, read the heck out of them, and I've been hooked on comics ever since. Um, I really dived in the summer of 2007 is when I like crazy went nuts and was spending way more money than I should have on comics on eBay, buying like giant lots to like fill in my collection and things. And here we are more than 10 years later than that. And I've got sitting literally behind me as I'm recording this short boxes that are filled with over 6,000 comics, all Batman family books. So, um, it's been nuts. And obviously there's that. So how did you guys get into comics?
2: I've always been a big fan of, co- of superheroes. Uh, just as a kid, just really resonated with me. Uh, watched all the movies and gotten the toys um, I've really enjoyed that aspect, but never really gotten to comics so much as in the past couple of years. Um, I guess my journey into comics is a little bit more, uh, I can go sad and or tragic. But um, going through graduate school and I just, um, you know, so I got my my degree in math, and math is hard and intense, and just struggling and going to school, being on your own and whatnot. Just I just had a couple issues. Um had a couple breakdowns and whatnot and so I was like, okay, I need something that's completely I not to think I know it should be easy it should be fun and whatnot and I'm a big movie person so I was thinking about that well I've watched all the movies I really kind of want to see more times so I didn't can't really get big into that again uh I watch a whole bunch of TV not three times so it's like I can't really get into that as well and so I need to find something that you know I could enjoy that could take my mind off of life and uh, can help me out um, not be so stressed. So I was like man, I, I never really got into comics and so started to delve more into comics and that was pretty awesome and then I found the TBU uh, podcast and then you know being able to tweet dustin and get involved with Discord and all that stuff. So that's pretty much my journey with uh, comics.
1: i came into comics a bit later um i would consider it later the first comic i remember i read when i was 14 at the library it was a uh, no man's land where bat superman comes to no man's land and he checks and sees if batman's okay and batman's like yes i am and So superman leaves um and i didn't read a lot of comics for another couple of years and then i read another one um and then I started just getting more and more. So I was in my late teens when I started borrowing trades from the library. I was in college when I started reading single issues. Um, and I would also go to a bookstore that was just a mile away from my college. i just sit and read trades in the bookstore. And um, then in grad school, I with the New 52, um, I kind of dropped out of reading comics because the New 52 destroyed pretty much everything I wanted to read about. Um, came back in 2014 did a lot of back reading, so I actually have read a lot of the New 52, so I'm not completely ignorant, I just wasn't there when it was happening. Um, As I said, uh, Stella did the Batgirls Oracle podcast, so that's how I got involved in the site and sort of really focusing on Batman, although I already, I always had this sort of affiliation with the the, the Bat family, this broken individuals forming a a thing greater than themselves. Um, I think Tony put it well when he was searching for different fandoms. Comics is uh, a fandom that's smaller, so it's not as intimidating or scary. I mean, you get in a a really big TV or movie fandom, it's just there's so much content and so many people, you never form relationships. But a a comic book fandom, you can find the kinds of relationships you find on a site like the TBU or the various discords or reddits or message boards. Um, And so I really like that community that we have with the regular content every week and the the small enough group of content commenters so you can really form those relationships. So that's why I'm still in comics probably about 10 years after I first seriously started reading them.
0: Yeah. So the, the, the second question that ACN said, said with all the effort that goes into the site and podcast, have you ever lost any of your passion or enthusiasm of comics or Batman? I'm going to wait to answer this until the end. Um, did you guys ever have a moment where, I know that both of you review a bunch of books on the site, and have reviewed a bunch of books over over you know the time you guys have been here, but have you ever really had a moment where your what the stuff you're reviewing or that you're you're having to read on a normal basis takes a toll?
2: Yes, um, I. Uh, goodness sakes. Um, to answer i guess uh to, to answer this in two parts so it, it is stressful well not stressful it's just disappointing and hard and it's hard to make time to review comics that you don't enjoy uh, we you know dustin does assign them but we kind of volunteer for some books and you know sometimes you get what you want to review and sometimes you don't and i first started out and i had to review batwoman and i didn't really enjoy it um i didn't hate it but it just wasn't for me um just the, the writing for me, just yeah, I just didn't enjoy it personally, and so it was kind of hard to make yourself uh-huh. write content first. Something you don't enjoy, I think uh, one of the hardest times has been really the past six issues of Detective. Um, if you if you read those reviews, they uh, get shorter and shorter and shorter just because I don't have that much to say, and so during those times, it was just hard to think of things to say in a professional manner where you're trying to be polite and nice and professional, but you just don't like the content. So it's like, how, how much more opinions can you have besides I don't like it? Um, so that's why we created the I Want Tomasi t-shirt. Um, yeah, so that's the that's stressful part. But, I mean, it's hard to, you, you have a life and, you know, write, writing, reviewing comics. Usually it's, um, I don't know, my count, it's probably like four or five a month. And, you know, I, I do enjoy it, but that's just a lot of work. And this past month has been stressful just because I started a new job and it, it, I had to earn a job and it was just a little crazy. And so, yeah, I was a little disappointed and it's a little stressful and it's tiring, but at the end of the day, it's 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 fiction and it's just fun. And, you know, you're going back to your superheroes. And I think it's important that uh, that I remember that, you know, I have heroes out there. And if they are fictional, to me, it's just uh, – a way to reconnect and you know gain that hope again. So, yeah, I have to force to read comics, and you know it's nice to to uh, to be reminded of um, the good in life. So that's pretty much how I view this job and reviewing and reading comics for the site.
1: My interests tend to go cyclically, so I have about four or five things that I really love, and I'll spend more more or less time on them. Um, I think I've really found community in comics that's kept me invested for a lot longer than I would have expected um not that I would ever lose interest in Batman or the Batman family but I've definitely gone cyclically and as I said in 2011 to 2014 I just left because I wasn't seeing it um I think that's more just my personality rather than necessarily quality dropping or getting better um So I I don't think that there's anything that really burns me out per se. I've always been able to find something I like. I I think I went into this a little bit a couple of podcasts ago. It might have been last podcast where I talked about what gets you excited about Batman. And I admitted, other than Deathstroke, there's no Batman comic I'm really loving. I'm liking Tom King's and I really love analyzing Tom King's run, but I don't collect it myself. Um, And I do get frustrated. It's more the kind of thing I would buy and trade because I think it's better as a big story so I've
0: been doing this for a long time Uh, between the podcast and the site like I said we're going to be 11 years at the end of January it's been a long time since I've been doing this and I will say this okay so when I started out I tried to read as much as I possibly could and I had um, um way more free time than I have now and building the site i was trying to like you know create archives i let's just put it this way there is so much stuff that i tried to put together in the very beginning of the days of the website and the podcast that never came to fruition that i spent so much time on trying to build for example i was going to build an archive related to back gadgets and i was going to comb through each individual comic and find references or a picture of the gadget and then create an archive so that anybody could figure out which, you know, if you were looking for a grapple gun, here's all the locations of the, this that you could do. Now, obviously, there's things like that that have popped up, you know, with Wiki and uh, the Wikis out, the Wikias out there. They have, you know, objects and things like that. But I was legitimately scanning shots from printed comics to include, to show, hey, this was in that. I spent way more time than I ever should have on, on that project, but I wasn't the only one. I was also trying to create a character database similar to the one that DC universe is slowly building right now, the encyclopedia that they're building over on the streaming app. I was trying to do that and come up with like, you know, locations of where all these characters existed. And yes, there are millions of places that have that now, but none of those places were really, there was a few out there that existed back when I was doing this, but Needless to say, there was way, way, way more stuff that uh, never came to happen with the Batman universe. There was a whole area that was going to dedicate to the history of the different topics. You'll notice that when you go to the site, there's news and editorials for all the topics that we cover. But I was actually trying to, create. you know, if you've been around long enough, you'll know that the original site had history links where we had like created history elements for each and every single previous bat film or the TV series and we tried to do I literally had made my own screenshots of the, of the bat films as I watched them so that we'd have our own little gallery of things there was so much stuff that I did and then now it's all it's all gone I mean like I still have some of it saved to my hard drive but most of it is you know is is no longer around and I spent a lot of time that being said when I was doing this I was reading tons of comics and over the years I have no problem admitting outside of the bat books that we specifically mention during greater Gotham. I don't have time to read very much. I used to read green arrow. That was one of the few books that I was still reading as of a couple of years ago. I don't read that anymore. I just read what we talk about here on the podcast. Um, You know, I'm sure that there are other books out there that are good quality um, that aren't, that are not DC, that are not Marvel, that are not, um the bat books but i don't i i just don't have the time um my life has changed enormously from you know 11 years ago to now too 11 years ago i was newly married i was a i was in the military but i had an enormous amount of free time um because my wife worked complete opposite shifts that i worked so i would come home have the entire night to do whatever i wanted to do before i would go to bed Wake up, go to work, and then come home. Um, but my wife was on opposite shifts, so I had all this free time. The weekends, I had free time. I had a massive amount of free time. I also lived in Kansas at the time, which was in the middle of nowhere, and there wasn't a lot to do. I mean, we went, I went to the movies a lot, but there was not a lot to do that I was going to go out and actually do. So I filled my time with the site and the podcasts and and doing all of that stuff. Now, skip forward to. Uh, to now, I now live in Illinois in the Chicagoland area, and there's a lot more that I can do if I want to, Um, but I also have three kids, and currently they're eight. I have a son who's eight, a daughter who's four, and another son who's going to be two in just a a couple weeks, and that's that, and obviously I'm still married. Um, You know, I've, I've got my own business now compared to uh you know, before. So I don't have nearly as much time as I used to. That all being said, the site has grown by leaps and bounds compared to what we were five years ago. You know, we review all of these books that we talk about in Greater Gotham. And, and I don't obviously review books myself, but I have to edit every single article that, you know, every review that comes through every article that you see, I edit those. And I make sure that they, you know, they post when they're supposed to, they publish, I arrange all the logistics of getting everything done. And there's a lot of people involved now that weren't, that weren't, you know, five years ago, we had probably like a third of the amount of people we have working on the site now. And I'm not talking about the podcast, I'm just talking about writing up news articles, creating reviews, like, We have done a really good job of recruiting people and we could still use way more because there's just so much stuff to do, but it takes a toll. It really does. And I think that for me, I've had my ups and downs. I try to maintain a normalcy level when it comes to making sure the podcasts and the reviews and the news gets posted. But if you've been around for a long time, you'll notice that there's been times where we don't have news posting all the time. And that's because I just don't have anybody else to write it. And I don't have the time to write it myself, so we just go through a lull of, you know, putting out news. And I've been lucky over the last couple of years, we've had people putting, you know, putting together the news articles on the site. So that way they're written up and we can get the news posted regularly. But if it wasn't for that happening and it wasn't for all the people that we have dedicating their their time every single week to get reviews you know, posted for all these books, we wouldn't be able to do it. But a lot of it relies on me being able to do it too, because if I suddenly fell off the face of the earth, everything would be at a standstill and that would be extremely unfortunate, but that's the way it is. That being said, I can't read as much stuff as I'd like to. I I mean, like I said, there's, there's lots of stuff out there that I'd love to read and get involved in. And I just have, had to chop a lot of that stuff out because the site stuff is just such a large amount. So there's that, which is unfortunate, but I will say in agreement with what Tony was saying, when it's a bad group of books, it really sucks. It really does. And it really takes a toll on your interest level in general. The new 52 was not an enjoyable time. Um, Going into it, even before the, the books released, I was not, thrilled about the direction that DC was going at all. I was not, I was not happy with them. And yes, there were some books that happened during the new 52. I enjoyed Batman, Robin Batman for the most part was, you know, enjoyable to the level. Not, not like I, I loved everything that Snyder was doing, but it was, I could read it. I could enjoy it for what it was. Um, Even if I didn't agree with everything that he was doing, I, I could, you know, it was, it was something I could read. When you compare it to other books that were out there, like Detective Comics or Catwoman before, Genevieve Valentine came on the book, Batgirl. I mean, there were so many books that were just not good, and it was really, really bad. Um, there also was a horrible time where the site got hacked, and the entire site was virus ridden, and I had to clear out everything, spend an enormous amount of money out of pocket to, you know, fix the site so that it would be up and running just so that we could get our podcast post. and not, not even to just worry about the reviews or news just to get the podcast released, you know, to get the site back up to do that. That, that happened around the same time as the new 52 was like a year in. And I was not, I was so tempted to just like, you know, cut it off and just be like, okay, this is a sign and this is it. And that new 52 stuff, and I say this in in all seriousness, I was really, really not enjoying anything that was going on. You know, the few issues that were good, it wasn't worth the time that I was putting into it. And it also has a lot to do with the fact that I, we, you know, we only reviewed Batman, the detective here on the comic cast because there are so many books, but there was a time where we reviewed everything. And when you review books on a podcast every single week or every other week, twice a month or whatever, and you don't enjoy what's going on, it sucks. It really sucks. And there's been a lot of ups and downs. Rebirth, the announcement of Rebirth was really like a pick-me-up moment. Like, oh, thank goodness they're finally figuring out that what they did was a mistake. But it did take five years. And that five years was really long. And, I mean, there was bright moments in between. But a lot of it has to do with, like, I'm still around because... I know that this is a, this is bigger than me. You know, everyone who helps out with the site in whatever way, whether they have a podcast that co- comes out through the site or whether they write reviews or write reviews, any of the people who are involved with the site, <clears throat> they have shown that they want to dedicate their time to make the site successful and make the Batman fandom bigger than it is. And that's what always pushes me to keep going um, Discord has been a great thing, honestly. And I, I know that we hype up Discord a lot, but it really is a great place for us to chat with other Bat fans about all kinds of different things. And sometimes it's just the staff talking about stuff. You know, we're talking about something that happened in the latest issue. But when we get fans who come in and they're asking questions and we can give them advice about which Bat books to read or we can answer questions because we know things that they might not know that stuff's great and it really does help and give me more momentum to keep going on and doing what we're doing. So it has been its ups and downs, but uh, I can honestly say that this is one of the up times right now because I really like the interaction we have with the fans. I really love when you guys leave comments that you want us to talk about on the episodes because it shows you guys are really interested in what we're doing and that's always great. So Thank you for doing that. So with that, that is all of the listener Q and A's from this episode. Uh, Thank you to those of you who left comments. Again, if you want to leave your comments, you can leave them on Twitter, Discord, directly on the website in the comments section, any of those places, just be sure to tag us and we will be sure to get those entered into the website and talk about those on the next episode. I do want to just quickly point out, so I said this earlier, December 26th, there's no comics because there's no comics and because January has five Wednesdays, that means that January typically would be the, the, we would have the three week gap between episodes. We've decided because there's no comics on the 26th, that we're just going to have the three week gap in for the next episode. So the next episode that we will actually uh, release will actually release on January 11th. Um, and that will include the first the the next issue of detective comics which will release on January 2nd. So instead of having you'll still get, you know, the issues, you'll still get uh, an episode every other week in January, but just we're just going to take an extra week off in December because of you know, the comics not shipping. And it's not DC's fault. It's it's the monopoly that is known as Diamond. Um but yes, um So that being said, you have plenty of time to leave your comments. Uh, Again, if you are interested in more content that we have to offer outside of this podcast or the other podcasts we have to offer, you can support us on Patreon and get TBU Extra and TBU Raw, uh, and there's that. So with that being said, that is everything for this episode. Be sure to head over to the site for all the latest news and editorials related to movies, TV, merchandise, video games, and of course the comics. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for all these news and videos from the Batman universe. Leave leave reviews over on iTunes. Those are always greatly appreciated. Be sure to check out all the other podcasts we have to offer. As I said, Batgirl Oracle has a new episode this week. Robin everyone, loves Drake. Just had a new episode recently, too. Um, And Bat fans will have a new episode, too, coming. So be sure to check out everything we have to offer. There's all kinds of stuff. There's always stuff happening on the site. And then join our Discord. As I said, and as I've hyped multiple times, that is the place to chat with staff, including all of us, including the vast majority of the people who work on the site are over on Discord and, you know, hop on from time to time and chat. So be sure to join there. The link is over on the website, WMUniverse.net. It's right there on the sidebar. Just scroll down just a tad bit and you'll see it in the sidebar. So with that being said, that is everything. This is Dustin. This is Tony. And this is Ian. You've been listening to the Batman Universe comic podcast. We'll see you guys in three weeks. Merry Christmas to all.